Welcome back to The Head on Your Shoulders, I'm Maura Curry. It's finally here, I can finally talk about it, and I'm so very excited to share that throughout this semester I have been working on an investigative story examining GTPD's records of involuntary transports. In short, students who are deemed dangerous to themselves or others and need further mental health evaluation. Thanks to help and accommodation from the lovely folks at The Technique, Tech student newspaper, that piece is now in print and online. I'll link to it in the description and post it all over social media, but for my listeners here, I wanted to give you a rundown of what we found. Throughout this miniseries, we've mentioned something called the 1013 form. Depending on where you're from, this form might be called something different. For example, in California, it's called a 5150. Every state has their own version, but the crux of it is basically this, that any licensed doctor or mental health professional can sign a form saying that you're a danger to yourself or others and can require you to be taken to another facility for further evaluation. Typically, that happens with law enforcement coordination, although it doesn't necessarily have to. So let's start with the basics. A 1013 has to be filled out by a physician, psychologist, social worker, or clinical nurse specialist. In the context of Georgia Tech, this means that staff at both the Counseling Center and Stamp Psychiatry have the ability to use this form. But by law, they can only use it if they've determined that a patient, so in this case a student, checks certain boxes. For one, they have to be mentally ill. Definitionally, this is a little bit gnarly and legalese-ish. Uh, But essentially, it's that you have a mental disorder that alters your ability to cope with everyday life. If the professional determines you're mentally ill, they also have to state that you either present a substantial imminent risk to yourself or to others, or that you're so debilitated that you're unable to care for your own health and safety. For that first one, the standard of proof is manifested by recent overt acts or recent expressed threats of violence. So say you've expressed a plan to end your life, or the doctor sees you've cut yourself recently, or you say you'd like to hurt someone else. A lot of this is down to the doctor or specialist's best judgment. The doctor does have to fill out the form in more detail than I've described here. How exactly are you mentally ill? An example of a threat you've articulated. Whatever the content of the form, we'll return to that in a minute, once a specialist has signed it, a peace officer or law enforcement official is allowed to take the subject or patient into custody and bring them to an emergency receiving facility for evaluation. That's a critical distinction. This is not actually involuntary inpatient commitment. All a 1013 does is compel further evaluation, so it's totally possible to be 1013 and then be deemed fine and walk out. The law makes it clear that the emergency receiving facilities are where you go first, and then an evaluation or treatment facility is where you go next if the first one determines that you are in fact in need of treatment. So to bring it back to Georgia Tech, my work has found that there were 19 recorded involuntary transports facilitated by GTPD between February 2018 and February 2019. A couple of caveats there. One, we know there are stories like Christine's and others in which students voluntarily go to mental health facilities for treatment or evaluation, and those cases are not counted here because there's no real way to do that. The other caveat is that GTPD introduced a new labeling protocol last summer that muddies the waters. In June 2018, they started using mental health concern or incident as a catch-all for all incidents they respond to that have something to do with mental health. So like welfare checks, but also involuntary transports fall into this category. Institute communications folks have told me that even though some of the officers still used involuntary transport labels at their discretion in lieu of the new one, GTPD would also really prefer that they use mental health concern or incident as a catch-all. So if we assume that all of the mental health calls from psychiatry and counseling in that same time frame are also involuntary transports, which they very well could be, that brings our total count to 31 or more students brought off campus for involuntary mental health assessments. The gist of the story is that there's a lot of inconsistency within and between these logs. That's a law enforcement problem rather than a GTPD-specific problem, but what it means is that these transports are super difficult to track. 
officers get a lot of discretion as far as how they label things and even how they describe the events. Some reports don't mention context for the 1013, like a history of depression or a plan to take their own lives. Some reports don't mention a 1013 at all. Because we can't obtain the 1013s, we don't exactly know why any individual student was deemed to be in need of further help. But if they are deemed to be in need of help through whatever means and a 1013 is signed, the likelihood is pretty high that they went to Ridgeview. 15 of the 19 students that were 1013 from February to February went to Ridgeview for their further evaluation. Of the four who didn't, three went to Atlanta Medical Center and one went to Cobb Behavioral Health. As part of the story, we talked to leadership from GT Counseling and Stamp Psychiatry, and they say they work really closely with students to determine the best option for them and their insurance if it's determined that they need help from other resources. Because we, and by we I mean I, can't see the students' identities in the records we received, it's all redacted. There's no way to tell how many of them were actually admitted to Ridgeview for inpatient treatment. We also, of course, can't tell how many of those students had a bad experience there versus a good one versus one that's just okay. I'd encourage you to read the actual piece or the big formal breakdown of what we found from these documents online. The links are on our social media at Head Shoulder Pod on Twitter. We interviewed a bunch of people, including those counseling and psychiatry folks, as well as the dean of students and equivalent folks at other universities. This is the culmination of three months of work, lots of frustrated emails and back and forth with colleagues and questions. Lots of questions, some of which we have not answered. But now that it's out in the world, I feel quite seriously like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I cannot wait for y'all to read it. And in case that last statement gave you any particular sense, this is not the end of the head on your shoulders. We'll be back with another story. If not next week, then definitely the week after. We'll see. I'm tired. But more soon. Until next time, I'm Maura Curry. Thanks for your time. <laughs>